0: Goshen. So they are uh, traveling uh, to uh, the Red Sea. They're crossing Sinai Peninsula. So this is before they cross the Red Sea, and the Lord already uh, uh, has in mind to teach them not only what he taught them about the Passover, but what he's teaching them about uh, worship, And so we're going to see worship in quite a bit of detail, beginning now in, in well, actually in chapter 12, all the way through the end of the book. Uh, So there's a specific way, and I mentioned this several times, a specific way that uh, the Lord desires worship. And we're going to see some of this here. It is detailed. It's not, well, I can worship any way I want. Now, there's some uh, specificity, if you would, to what we see here. Verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is mine. And Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you went out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by the strength of hand the Lord brought you out of this place. No leavened bread shall be eaten. On this day you are going out in the month of Abib. And it shall be when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, <clears throat> which he swore to your fathers to give you a land flowing with milk and honey, that you shall keep this service in this month. <clears throat> seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day there shall be a feast of the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days, <clears throat> and no leavened bread shall be seen among you, nor shall leaven be seen among you in all your quarters. And you shall tell your son in that day, saying, "This was done because of what the Lord did for me when I came up from Egypt." It shall be as a sign to you on your hand and as a memorial between your eyes, that the Lord's law may be in your mouth. For with a strong hand the Lord has brought you out of Egypt. You shall therefore keep this ordinance in its season from year to year. So again, notice the detail. And it shall be when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites as he swore to you and your fathers and gives it to you that you shall set apart uh, to the Lord all that open the womb. That is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, the male shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And all the firstborn of man among your sons shall you. You shall redeem. So it shall be when your son asks you in time, saying, what is this that you shall say to him by strength of hand, the Lord brought us up out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man, and the firstborn of beast. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all males that open the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. It shall be as a sign on your hand and as frontlets between your eyes, for by strength of hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt. And it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near, for God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had placed the children of Israel under solemn oath, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here with you. So they took their journey from Succoth, camped in Etham at the edge of the wilderness, and the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. So the miraculous exodus that uh, began with uh, Passover uh, now continues and it will continue from this point for a period of about 40 years, (coughs) which we'll see as we... Uh, Exodus doesn't cover all of that, obviously. It goes into the book of Leviticus and then primarily Numbers and Deuteronomy. So um, the first, these books, obviously, the Pentateuch that uh, Moses is writing is the formation of a new nation. And it's a nation different than... Um, any nation that has ever been established that's ever been formulated here on earth and one of the first things that the Lord does is he speaks to Moses he always speaks to Moses Moses is his prophet so in fact the the children of Israel had said uh, speak to Moses we we need a spokesman and so the Lord obviously had set Moses aside Aaron of course was involved with this but The Lord primarily spoke through Moses, and the first thing that he says, and we talked somewhat about this this morning, is, I want you to consecrate to me. So I have freed you from slavery, but your freedom is to me. So the Hebrew children are not uh, libertines. They're not libertarians. They do not get to do anything they want to do. And there is freedom in what the Lord has called them to do and what he's going to give them to do. Jesus said, if the Son of Man will make you free, you will be free indeed. That does not mean that we as Christians are libertarians. It means that there is a freedom in our spiritual development that the Lord oversees through his spirit. And so again, the very first thing after the Passover, after they've left, okay verse forty three of chapter twelve describes all of that, and so they leave uh, uh, succoth because they had uh, they had camped there for maybe a night or two, and then they begin to make their way not via the area of the philistines, and we'll I'll show you a map when we get to that. we won't see it tonight, uh, but uh Interestingly enough, the war that is going on in Israel right now is over a strip of land called, what's the name of that land? Gaza. As you go through the Old Testament, you'll see the name of Gaza. That is the land of the Philistines. So for thousands of years, that strip of land, as well as Israel, has been under duress. And so the Lord did not lead them via the land of Gaza. In other words, the land that is closest to the Mediterranean. From Egypt up to Gaza was just several hundred miles. But the Lord did not take them that way because, first of all, He's a pretty sharp God. And He knew that if they left Egypt and encountered a warring people, you can call them the Philistines, today we could call them the Palestinians, or others for that matter, that they would probably turn tail and make their way back to Egypt. So he begins by instructing the Hebrew people in consecration. He talks about sacrifice. He talks about... Remembrance. He wants these events that have transpired over probably a year, maybe more, in Egypt. All these plagues that have taken place. He wants them to remember this. Of course, now Moses is recording. We think that Moses wrote down most of this uh, prior to his death. The latter part of the book of Deuteronomy. That's what we think. We we're not sure, but he. He may have journaled, although he was a very busy man. I doubt he did, but he may have done that. But in some fashion, he would record these words. And, of course, he doesn't have, um, didn't have a, his iPad. He doesn't have his PC. doesn't even have a pen and ink necessarily. He's writing on paper. So it takes a while for all of this to take place. And then, of course, it, it's, it's uh, protected or it's, uh, it's transmitted. So he says, "I want you to consecrate the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel." All of this was to be set set apart. Um, The law of inheritance, and we know this from the New Testament, note somewhat from the Old Testament, but certainly in the uh, the story of the prodigal, the. Law was that the firstborn would receive the lion's share, if you please, of the inheritance. And what remained was to be distributed among either one brother or a hundred brothers. It didn't matter. So there was a responsibility that was placed on the firstborn. Now, interestingly enough, Moses is not the firstborn, Aaron is. So the firstborn. As Moses is writing this, he is the one that is chosen by God. And he's set aside. He's different than Aaron. Aaron is the priest. We'll learn that as we go through. Moses is the prophet. So the firstborn set apart to God. And the Lord says, well, the man or beast, these belong to me. They are to be consecrated to me they have certain as, as men they have certain responsibility the animals are to be sacrificed or sacrifice sacrifices made for them they are mine is what the lord is saying remember as far as we know most of if not all of the livestock of the egyptians had been killed So this is a remarkable thing that Pharaoh is letting the Hebrew people go. Not only them, but they're taking livestock with them. And livestock is money. Livestock represents wealth. Livestock uh, represents provision. So the Lord is providing for a people that had been enslaved for upwards of 400 years. And he had so dealt with Pharaoh that Pharaoh was allowing them to leave. Now, that changes slightly as we move through uh, toward uh, the Red Sea. But still, the Lord provides for them. And the word consecrate can be sacrifice. And we see that in the middle part of chapter 13. uh, Or it could mean it belongs to God. It's probably a combination of both. Make the sacrifice for the firstborn uh, of men make the sacrifice for the firstborn of certain animals. Um, and you'll see this throughout the, when, say, the Pentateuch, that's the first five books of the Bible. The, the, uh, our Lord Jesus said that Moses wrote these, and we have no reason, obviously, to doubt the Lord Jesus. Uh, <clears throat> so he says, I want you to do this because it's mine. It belongs to me. You are stewards And I have an expectation from my stewards, but it's still mine. So in uh, verse 3, Moses begins to explain or give uh, uh, some additional uh, information or an an additional instruction about the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which we would call uh, Passover and what is to take place here. So, the interesting thing here that no one is exempt, okay, just because there's a, a consecration of the firstborn, that doesn't mean the second, third, or fourth, or whatever. They don't get to slide. This is just the focus that the Lord has. the firstborn were, like the Sabbath day, which had not been instituted at this particular point in time, in the first years of corn. A pledge of the dedication of the whole nation. It's from a uh, uh, a commentator by the name of Thomas. <coughs> and the Lord closes out verse two. It's mine. Okay? There are three reasons. And the first one is because Israel is mine. And if we were to go back to Exodus 4 and chapter and verse 22, we would see, in fact, let's turn back there. Just Make sure that I don't misread it. Exodus four 22. We've looked at it a couple of times. Verse 22, <clears throat> the Lord says to Moses, you'll say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. But if you refuse to let him go, indeed, I will kill your son. Your firstborn, prophecy that indeed came to pass. So, first reason, Israel's God's firstborn. This practice honored that truth, the promise that God had made to them. Secondly, the firstborn was considered the best, and this is a cultural thing, okay? The best was always given to God. The lamb that was to be sacrificed was to be the firstborn and the thought there is that they were the strongest and most robust uh, and so that was why uh, they were considered the best the third thing is and Moses mentions it here as a reminder to all generations of God's redemption Israel and he would constantly remind Israel of this through the prophets you are my firstborn and this was one of those things where just Eventually, Israel it pretty much ignored it. It just went no. over their heads. Well, we don't really care. We've, we've got uh, places to go, things to do. So these three reasons have to teach us about the, the uh, significance of the Lord's desire to not only possess his people... But to uh, protect his people, um, Israel had been saved from the destruction of the firstborn, and now they were required because of that to dedicate their firstborn as a constant memorial of the deliverance that the Lord had made in this particular time. I don't see. Let's see if this works here, brother. Go down a slide. It's not one to cooperate here. Thank you. In verses 3 through 7, and I'm not going to cover them uh, tonight, just to say it gives us an understanding of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. What had occurred in the Passover would now be called the Feast of Unleavened Bread, still the Passover, but uh, there's, again, this specific understanding of what's taking place. And Moses says, or the Lord says, seven days you will eat unleavened bread. Um, so there's purity that is associated with this feast. Now, there were a number of feasts, and some of them are instituted, they're primarily instituted in the book of Leviticus. This is the first one. This is the, the purest and the holiest And so that's the reason this is established even while they are still in Egypt making their way toward the uh, wilderness. Um, The purity of the Feast of Unleavened Bread followed the blood deliverance of the Passover. And it illustrates the principle that we can only walk in purity after we've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. We are in... The Father's eyes, unpure, until we have received Christ as Savior. And really, at that point, we're still unpure, but we are, uh, there's this um, double implication, if you would, in justification. We're going to talk about that maybe this coming Sunday. But what this has to do with is the application of the blood to our impurity, to make us pure like christ in the acceptance of god the father and so that's what we see here in the passover and this beginning of the consecration that uh, the lord is talking to through moses so we're going to stop there this evening and we'll pick up with this uh, next sunday night as we go into the detail of what is mentioned here any comments or questions tonight <clears throat> let's pray father we thank you tonight for your son we thank you for this beautiful passage of scripture we pray that uh, as we enter a new year that we focus on the consecration of our lives regardless of whether we're first born or not that we consecrate and ask the spirit to renew within us uh, our uh, our fervor toward you and that we would follow through we would remember that we to love the lord our god with all our strength our mind our health our body our soul we also father are to love our neighbor as ourself and we pray that as we imply these the first commandment and the second one that uh, others would see the Lord Jesus in our lives, be drawn to him, and be changed by the blood of Jesus from Calvary, in whose name we pray. Amen. God bless you.